0: Hi, welcome to Stories for Sinnoh, a Pokemon podcast following three Black folks' journey to Hisui.
1: In this episode of Stories for Sinnoh, we'll be discussing our favorite Pokemon regions, favorite partners and teams, and what we love and love to hate about Pokemon. But before we get into it, here's the latest Pokemon news.
2: This week, the moment that we've been waiting for, the reason why this podcast is here, Arceus is out today. I'm so excited. I know the whole team here is as well. We are going to be sharing any of our favorite discoveries with the game, around the game, um, using the hashtag for this show. If you are excited about Arceus as well, and you're going to be playing along as soon as the release comes out tomorrow, please make sure to use the same hashtag so we can uplift all the work that you're doing with this new Pokemon journey. You can tweet and follow along with the hashtag stories, the number four, and Sinnoh and join our community at bgccommunity.org to play along.
0: Awesome. So we're going to jump right into it and the first thing we're thinking we're talking about today in terms of our favorite games is do we have favorite regions or regions that were most memorable in the different Pokémon games that we've played. Uh, you can also share about a favorite or least favorite professor and a favorite or least favorite rival. I already know my answer for least favorite rival, but I'm going to let y'all go first. <laughs>
1: um, So uh, for me, I basically started out with Sword and Shield. So I went backwards to the older games. Um, So that, I don't even know what region this is. I completely blank. Galar. Right. right. I was like, what is it called? Um So that is my favorite region because it's the, the region where I was like, reintroduced to Pokemon as like as the in the gaming world I guess um but also it's my favorite because of like (laughs) like aesthetically and that's also probably just because it's newer but like aesthetically it's my favorite because it's a little bit of a medieval vibe to it but there's also and I, I just like the character design for all of the like gems I like how the buildings look like it's a cute setting for me um like I love the it's like castles right and it's like (laughs) and they have all these cool little like machinery in some of the in the cities I don't know it's like steampunk I don't know I really like the whole way it looks so it's like actually enjoyable to like play through and I like the wild area even though at, at a point you do get like tired of getting chased. but like I actually do love the wild area and like hanging out picking stuff up so that's my favorite region because it's kind of where I spent the most time with Pokemon and where I feel like if I'm picking up a game and I have like 20-30 minutes, I'm like, oh, I'm just pop I'm putting in uh sword and shield because then I can like pop around and do some quick raise or whatever. Like I always enjoy just doing that.
2: Um as I mentioned last episode I guess I like certain components from different games. So similarly like I enjoy Galar in the wild area and i really like how they incorporated using pokemon for travel and transport like Mm -hmm. i know like the older games from red and blue and yellow um and and on they had them like you you could teach you would spend a lot of time trying to find the tm to give your pokemon for them to surf or fly or whatever and then you could use them to go um but now it's not really a big deal and i really enjoy that you can just like go and uh there's like one they have the service with the pokemon flying so you can just go hop on one of those we're gonna fly from point to point they also have the trains that are usable like these are all functionalities that were like more recent like the train was I think something that came out like maybe in diamond initially but it wasn't as cool as a, a thing to do until Galar um and then Uh, So I think I like the different aspects that they've integrated into the world to make it feel cool, like the, the newest version of it in Galar. But I do really enjoy like the way that X and Y built out their France region. I forgot the name of that region, like the name that they named it but it's uh, supposedly based on France and I really enjoy how they like incorporated like that feel of like bricky uh accordion like French kind of like aspect to the world and I really like the cent- town center for the major city there where they have like it's just a big circle and if you're riding a bike it's like one of the fun most fun things to do to just like roam around um, and like just like roll around that like big circle that is the city center and just like just roll it's just really easy and then they also had like a shipyard and like boating area where you I had they had like a Victini event where you could get uh like a is not really legendary but it's like an event Pokemon so it's like kind of hard to like you don't really just have Victini you have to get it um and I made it to that event before it ended and I got a Victini and it was one of my favorite little small sprite fire Pokemon things it was really cool I didn't play Black and... No, I didn't play... Yeah, I didn't play Black and White. I think that's the one with the um, Aloha Pokemon. And I think that that was like a, a cool idea conceptually, but I don't think they did it, executed it well. But I feel like there's... No, Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon. I feel like there's they could have done better an execution of like the idea of like using like the sun and moon to change like the mega appearances of Pokemon. So I really think that it would be interesting to see what happens um, in the future because I know that kind of like evolved from like the different stones. So I really want to see like going forward how they decide to do like mega evolutions and other factors because like Gigantamax and the latest one in the Galar region and everything, that was kind of like, I get what they were trying to do, but it wasn't really like the, it wasn't as cool as like the aspect of like me, like having a metamorphosis or evolution based on some like component that has to do with like actual living in the universe and like the world and the sun and the moon. So I really think it'd be cool to see what happens next with that. I have no idea if they're going to do anything for that around Arceus, but I'd be really interested in seeing what they do going forward with how they um change how Pokemon evolve based on aspects like how involved they are with the environment and how the environment interacts with them
0: yeah I agree I never I didn't play that one either but I love those Pokemon in Go um and that's one of the things I like about Pokemon Go is I get to like learn the Pokemon from regions that I maybe didn't play those specific games or um see the anime and see the way that the Pokemon that we do already know kind of change and evolve differently. I agree, Nick, with a lot of what you said about why you like Galar and the like region in uh, Sword and Shield, but Hop is my least favorite rival. <laughs> I find him so irritating. and no, I, mean... I agree.
1: I, was like, I have to circle back to that part. I didn't know mind I Hop. Why?
2: I didn't mind character. Not... Please i thought you. hop was cute i thought it was like, the uh, most, like i think
0: he was sexy. supposed to be like, cute but i could not deal
2: and i'm like he just cares about sheep that's cute and like i feel like the other rivals were annoying as f like they would just be like you're like look I understand that you feel a way you want to compete all the time, but that's not me. Like, I'm chilling. Like, you want me to though? Like,
1: fine. No, Hab is definitely that, but like, I don't know. It's something that I feel like he was more prominent. <laughs> like then yes uh, like yeah, that,
0: that might be it. be it that might be it maybe we just saw him more and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah,
1: and then like I feel like the timing of when those battles occurred in your story were like the most annoying times like I am not in the mood for this right now like it was always like oh yeah I finally opened up a new area you be like damn I forgot and like I'm usually just chilling I didn't forgot did he pop up I'm like oh my goodness I just I gotta beat you up again <laughs> To get to this next city, like it's just one of those things where like it just never he it never aligned with what I was trying to do in that moment. He always popped but she
2: didn't up. always like, have to beat him up. Like sometimes he would just appear and he would just like let you know what's going on next or whatever, which is kind of like like it's it is redundant because it's like especially if you played Pokemon before, you're like, dude, I've played Pokemon. I, I know, know I gotta knows. go to the gym. I know I need to go to another gym. <laughs> I know I need to collect the badge. Leave me the f alone. Like I got it, but I feel like it was I enjoyed it more than the previous rivals because I feel like previous rivals. They're just trying to like again. They're just you trying to have to steal their money every time. And I feel like with this, at least he's integrated with this whole like league thing with like his brother being Leon and being the champion. And so the storyline actually did a lot more for me as a Yay. rival with him than it did with any other rival. Because I'm like I'm like like the Red, who's basically Gary from um, <laughs> the anime, but he's Red in the game or whatever. Like you're just a spoiled brat. Get out of my face. I'm tired. Leave me alone. Like I did not i don't care for red but like hop it was into, like i like that they actually try to integrate the rival to the story instead of making it another aspect of the story that you're just kind of like the why why am i here
1: yeah no i agree with that i do agree that like i do like how he's integrated with the story and how like there's a connection between him as a character and you as a character and then the people that y'all are going to like meet so i do like like the story element of him but the reality like the element of him always in my way when i'm trying to do stuff is what (laughs) like i just feel like the timing of when he appears is never good i'm like why are you this is not this is that's not let's do this later (laughs) like like, something about it is always slightly off-putting and i thought it was just because like oh this is my first pokemon game in like years and the first one i've like played through uh, you know a whole storyline at once And, like, I'm like, no, he's just a lot more visible and a lot more present than, like, the older ones. Because even when I'm replaying Let's Go, I don't even think... Wait, did Let's Go even have a rival? Like, if they do, they are so minimal to the, like, experience. I don't remember them. Um, And you have a rival in uh, Brilliant Diamond or Brilliant Pearl, whichever one it is. And, like, you name them and then they pop up every so often. But they, for the most part, do not really, like... (laughs) Get in your way. Hop to me is like always kind of in the way. But I do agree with Portia that like the way he's integrated into the story is much more like, that's a much more impactful character. So like, I don't mind right. him as a character, but I do wish he would leave me alone also. <laughs>
2: um, as for professors, I enjoyed especially, also with Galar, that the professor in this one was female. I don't remember if previous games had a female professor. But I believe this one was the first, I, it could have been the first one where there was a female professor. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I love that, like, she was more, the only thing, again, I feel like, first, let me, okay, another, and this is just every episode, hopefully, uh, hopefully I don't keep doing this. But this, well, another thing you should know about me and Pokemon, I do not care about the Pokedex. I don't care at all about the Pokedex. I have gone several games in Pokémon without ever filling the Pokédex up. I will get approximately the Pokémon that I want. And if there's a challenge and I have to get a specific Pokémon I don't want, I'll just get it. But other than that, I do not fill up the Pokédex any more than I need to to get whatever Pokémon I feel like getting which I'm sure is going to F me up when it comes to Arceus because I feel like that's the main objective of the game is to actually complete the Pokedex. Um, and I am not a Pokedex completer. So when the professors give you that challenge, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Cool. Whatever. I'm not going to do it. And for the professor in the Galar region, I feel like she was pretty like chill about it. And I'm like, that's what I need is someone who's not going to like actually push me like and check in with me every once in a while to see how my Pokedex is doing. like, Cause I don't care. I seriously do not care.
1: I agree. I think, so I think the, <laughs> um, there was another female professor in one of the older games but I don't know which one. Juniper is the name though, because I remember seeing this. I was like, let me Google it. But, um, in Sword and Shield, I like that we also are, is this Sophia? Sylvia? What is her name? The girl, the the professor's granddaughter, but like... Yeah, the
2: assistant, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'm like...
1: Yeah, Sonia. there we go. And I'm like, I'm going to say name. And so I love that, like, in her, like, teaming up with the kids, <laughs> like, like, hey, kids, help me, like, learn this information. Like, she... It's like we're her dissertation. Like the experience of us going around and learning about the Galar Pokemon, the Shield Pokemon, mm-hmm. and the Sword Pokemon ends up being like her thesis. I kind of love the idea of, of us <laughs> just like helping
2: her a Pokemon right, research. her and
1: dissertation. Like, yes, we yeah. did that for you. Thank <laughs> you. You're welcome. Uh, I love that. I also love that there's kind of like a system of really earning your stripes as a professor that we got to see. Because, um, you know, otherwise they just He's a professor, and you just take their word for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's just like what else? Like, I like what do you think like about which is so random? And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, if you say it's a professor, I'm not gonna argue with you, but like. I don't know. I just like that we had kind of got to see her in the field, so to speak, and, like, actually interacting with the story and with our characters in a way that when she at the end is like, I'm taking over, and you're like, hey, oh, yeah, that's my dog. Like, I don't know. I love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like that even whenever we did the DLC, um, like, the extra content extension, it actually had, like, more to contribute to like Pokemon study, like it might not have been just with her, but like you're kind of you're continuing to study, like that's okay. a big aspect of the game itself is to study, not necessarily just collect or train, which I think was really cool overall, like as an idea, because like not everyone wants to be a Pokemon master or a Pokemon trainer or a champion or whatever, and I really enjoyed that they actually integrated that more as like a seeing a little bit behind the scenes of like what that could look like in the Pokemon world.
0: So I was going to say when Nick brought up Diamond and Pearl that I think it's cool. So I still have to play the re-release. I'm starting this week. But it's cool to see like the same game or region and be able to interact with it in a different way. Like mining with friends and all of that. And I am curious if there are other games that you all would want to see like get that sort of treatment. A region I always remember is playing Ruby and Sapphire in the Hoenn region. And I think that that could be a really cool region to be able to do some of the same like interactive and online play with friends because it was one of the ones where each city and each town had its own thing worth exploring. It's a cave, a museum, or whatever. And I, I think that there are some games where you kind of go to the town and go to the gym and there's not anything else to do and you know maybe you talk to like a person or two but you can just kind of get through it and not look back and I felt like with those games like everywhere had somewhere I wanted to spend a lot of time or like there was a specific Pokemon you could only catch there Um, and something to really get you like familiar with the with the different areas and with the different places. And so that is one I think could be cool to yeah, to play with friends and to get to like do some of that together. And I was just curious if you all had thoughts either on Diamond or Pearl or like if there was another game that you would like to see updated in that way.
2: When you mean play with friends, do you mean like battling? Do you mean like wild area like interactions or raiding? Like what do you mean playing with friends? Yeah, I mean you... battling
0: would be cool for sure. Um That's all (laughs) I've been asking for in some ways, but yeah, battling wild area, even just like travel. Like, I want to be able to like watch my friends battle in a gym. Like, if Nick, you know, sends me a code or something, and it's like, okay, I'm about to go in this gym in this place, and you can just like show up and be in the audience. I don't know what that would look like or how that would work, but if they're going to continue kind of going back to to different regions, I hope that they're also thinking about ways to make it like interactive in that way
1: oh yeah i like i mean i like that as a concept i really think it's some of the like the cities um in diamond and pearl or brilliant diamond and pearl there they have a lot of just places that you can go and like chill and like read and or like there's a church and like you talk to people there it's like not a function like there's no point it just exists like how a church just exists in a real city like i do like that and so it would be fun for them to make those buildings and make those kind of things places that you can, like you say, interact and like have like, well, let's meet up at this place, right? Or like there being some kind of gameplay attached to exploration as well as the normal gameplay. For the most part, in between, like in the cities, you do actually get rewarded for exploration, which is like, like knocking on people's doors and walking in their house, which is hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. and so you like sometimes you learn a move, you get an item, all these things. But I feel like that's only inside of the houses, but it would be cool if there were ways to utilize, like, the actual cities and, like, the the buildings that they have, like, the churches, and the they have some of these companies, and it's like, oh, yeah, you can go travel, go up every floor and find a couple of, you know, TMs or, like, a revive or whatever. Right. Way to make that a part of the story more, I can see that um, being a way that they update some of the older games, because a lot of them have a lot of that setting and landscape or whatever, but there's no story element, it's just like, This is just fleshing out the city. This is a real city that has buildings, right? But like (laughs) having them actually have a little more thought about what those buildings can be in terms of gameplay, like they're being, and of course they have a little bit of gameplay in some of the ones, especially like the villain layers. And it's like, you have to move through the little, you know, you go through the little arrow things and they move you, you have to be like, (laughs) have a little bit of strategy about how you move around those buildings. Like that's fun, but it's only like one or two in each game that has that kind of additional gameplay mechanic. So, yeah, I would love to see them bring back, like, even now, the mining and whatnot. From what I know, it is better. I don't know. I didn't play. I didn't do the underground when I played the original game. Like, I'm pretty sure if I, I did not know about it. Um. So, like, that's a cool, like, additional game element where you can collect. Like, that's a whole different type of gameplay. Like, I just want to collect mm-hmm. stuff and trade and then, like, do that, right? And I, you can do that and spend your whole entire time in there and that. It's like taking something that already existed and then just building on it. So, yeah, I would love them to do that for all of the cities, that, especially that have the mythology woven into it. They have ruins and stuff, but you go into the ruins and it's like, there's no, like, gameplay there. (laughs) Like, I would love them to add things to do in those places so that enrich those worlds if they are, like, remaking them and, like, bringing them back. So, do you have a favorite partner Pokemon? And that can be for like you just pick one from a game or one that you try to always catch and always have um but like what is your favorite like partner pokemon and then also like how do you build your pokemon team do you go strategy like i just want to build the best team to get through the gyms or is it like i just pick my favorite pokemon like what is it how do you go about picking your team
0: i pretty religiously uh keep the pokemon that i start with as like my team lead uh I know some folks will just like you take the one the professor gives you and eventually, you know, they're going into a pokédex or they're going away cuz you find your faves. Uh but while I do look for my faves and my team is often made of pokemon I really really love, I usually like try to keep my starter through the game and like that's the one that I build up the most. And so yeah, and I never thought about, I guess if other people do that differently or if that's odd. But that that's the first thought that comes to mind.
2: Yeah, I, too, keep my starter. I I think I've rarely ever put my starter in a computer. Like, only, I think, maybe if, like, I know they're going to be weak for a certain gym or whatever, I'll put the starter back in the computer or something because I have to fill up my roster with other Pokemon. That happens very rarely. Usually I can keep them in my my six. My favorite partner Pokemon are usually just my favorite Pokemon in general. And I think we mentioned, like, I have a love for psychic and electric Pokemon. Um, So if I have a Gardevoir, Gardevoir is my partner if I have uh Inferos, Amphos is my partner it really comes down to like who's available in that region because then that's who's going to be my partner Pokemon who I want walking along with me um some like when it back in the day when your partner Pokemon was just the Pokemon that like you could use for travel which I believe was a black and white thing um or possibly x and y thing I get them mixed up because I played them so, like so long ago can't remember which one I played at whatever time your Pokemon was the person that you would like, so whatever. So if you have a Pokemon out, then you're going to surf or whatever. Like you're, if I'm going to the beach region and I need a Pokemon to surf with, that's who my partner Pokemon is. And that's what I used to strategize with. And then because I have water Pokemon, not always for my starter Pokemon, because I've, choos- I've chosen Pokemon based on, like my starter Pokemon, based on like mainly aesthetic and how I feel about the aesthetic for evolution later on as well. Um, and then like because I don't do I'm not a stats person I don't care about nature and stuff unless like it actually helps me in some way that I can notice so I usually just pick them based on my aesthetic and like how the moves they have that I actually care to use and the ability to pick up more moves in the future that I actually feel like I'm going to use a lot so that's how I pretty much strategize around one who the Pokemon I have out with me is and now that that's not a big factor like you can pick up a Pokemon to be beside you and then also have different Pokemon come out first if you want like that's fine but I do also when I'm making my team strats like if I know I'm going to a certain gym that I might pick and replace certain Pokemon to go into my computer for a second while I'm like battling a certain type but usually I make my Pokemon strong enough especially because you know you can do experience share without having to put a belt on anyone um I usually keep the same Pokemon once I start having a team that I feel like is working well in my roster and just like uh, use them strategically um, when it comes to battling a gym or battling up a route or whatever like knowing like oh I know I have um, I'm going to keep running into like a normal ele- um, Pokemon type with these trainers so let me just put these Pokemon up front so I can have one of like a piece of starter but he's poisoned he can come out real quick Get that XP, and then I pull another Pokemon in to knock them out. Like I do, I do stuff like that when I do strategy for my Pokemon. I never really keep Pokemon on my team, especially like one. I feel real sad. Like I don't remember um, the the one game where the deer were. There was the deer that were different season, like the different types of deer. Like there were uh, the different elements, fire, water, and all that. That were the thing, and the the monkeys also were a thing. in these two different games. And they were aesthetically pleasing. And you thought, like, oh, okay, this would be cool to have these from Pokemon because they're kind of like the Eevee illusions without being Eevee illusions, uh, volutions. And they. Like, we're awful. They cannot stick around for... They, like, were... Like, as soon as they got hit, they were out. And I'm like, this is not helping me. (laughs) So I was just, like, F this. And so, like, when it comes to stuff like that, I really would... It doesn't take me but a minute. Like, you only have to show me once or twice, and I'm ready to pick a different Pokemon to take your place. Like, I really do not care. (laughs) Um, And I... That's literally just, like... I think that's mostly how it comes to strategize when it comes to who I pick and play with. Like, I might form an emotional attachment but I usually form an emotional attachment because you've been my ride or die. Like, especially in the um, sword, Pokemon Sword, um, they're like, now that they, well, they've been doing this, but it was fun because in this one, whenever you're you're camping with your Pokemon and you're like, you know, helping them build up themselves. And um, whenever you're like doing a battle, but your Pokemon might be weak to a type because they just put a wild Pokemon pops up in the wild area and you're like, crap, this is my Pokemon up front. It's not ready to take this hit. Um, they will just stick in the game because they love you so much. And you're like, "Oh, thank you for <laughs> sticking around in the game. I'm so sorry. I wasn't prepared for this wild Pokemon to appear. Um, and you just kind of like, you know, swap them out while they're still like hanging on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. I really appreciate that mechanic in the game. And those are the Pokemon who tend to be my favorites because they are ride or die. They stick in there for you. So those are, that's, I usually just keep people on my team who, one, they they make their space on my team because they're that level, like I can level them up and then never becomes c- a challenge for me to keep them on the team. And two, because like, they, when I hang around them enough, like I've, I've only chosen you, like I said, I'm very picky about what Pokemon actually capture. So I've only captured you because I thought you'd be fun to play with, like, and if you show me that you're not gonna be fun to play with, then I'm putting you in the box. <laughs> um, But if you are fun to like, if you're fun to play with, and you're strong and you're steady, then you get to be in my team, and you you stay in my team until there's a real reason for me to get rid of you. But for the most part, like, and so for my, I don't have like a allotment, like, oh, I need a rock type, oh, I need a fighting type, or whatever. It really depends on like. I do right. I, I it depends. It really just depends. Like for me, it's mostly like I know, like if I get again, if I have an amph, if I have the ability to have an Ampharos or a. Um, also, because I just remember Roserade, I also have Roserade. If I can have Roserade, um, Ampharos, and my Psychic type, right? Um, then I'm gonna. Then I'm pretty good, and then I can just work around them for the final three. Um, <laughs> if I don't have an Ampharos, that's my Electric, and my Electric is usually my Power hit. So for Sword, Sword, um, Ampharos wasn't available because it wasn't available for this game. So I could instead of having that Electric hit, I had my starter, which is a little bunny. And my bunny was my power house. Like that was the one I used (laughs) instead of electric. So really like I don't feel like I have like a slot per element, but I have power rankings and needs per element that if I can get it, if I can get achieve the same thing with the grass type that I would need for a ground type, I'll just take, well, you know, it depends on whatever Pokemon I like and that'll be the Pokemon. I'll So if if Roserade happens to be a ground type, but you know what I mean? I would take I would take Roserade no matter what because I like Roserade, but because it's a grass type, then I can use it for stuff that I would like for water moves that I don't care about having to use sometimes. So, it really just depends, honestly. Like <laughs> it really depends more on the Pokémon showing out than it depends on elemental factors um outside of like I know I need these elements. I need to be able to beat a a dragon at some point, so let me make sure I have the XYZ available to me in my roster, because I don't really, I don't have like a, uh, one spot has to be ground, one spot has, it has to really just be like, what can beat what, and can I beat certain elements based on my team right now?
1: I am different to both of y'all, in that my first starter was um, the the little bunny she was talking about, Um, because it was fire type, and I was like, yeah, it's a fire bunny, I'm with that, and like, my first playthrough shield, he was so OP, like, even if I put him against a water type, which is what he's weak to, as long as he could get a couple of kicks in and his speed was very high, I very rarely had to deal with like him not getting the first shot. Like he was so OP that like if I had him in a weak team, and as long as I could have a few like buffer Pokemon to like where I could like put him and like heal him up while the other ones take some shots, like I could get through both of the gyms with just him. Like that's how strong he was. So he was my ride or die because he was just that one. However, (laughs) after that, like when I replayed Shield, I did it with a different starter. And I'm pretty sure I put that starter away pretty much immediately. Um, A, because I knew where to find the Pokemon I really liked. And B, because I think I cheated and just like transferred my favorite Pokemon over. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to start from scratch. I'm not doing that. But you still, like, it takes a while for, before you can play with the higher level Pokemon. So I did still have to keep my starter for a minute until I could was at a high enough level to use the Pokemon I transferred myself. But I'm super strategic in the gyms. There are six slots. One slot is usually always my starter. And that's mainly because the starter is always usually super strong because you've had them the longest. Like, they were leveling up before you even meet your first wild Pokemon. So I usually have my starter. And then I usually have whatever my favorite, <laughs> like, is after my starter, which... I hate this for myself, but like I love me a cute little ponytail and a rapidash, especially in Galar because they are like things like cotton candy colored unicorn. Like,
0: pretty. They, why do you hate it for yourself?
1: They are not very powerful, like. Uh. So I have them on my team for my aesthetic reasons, and then they like when they come out the ball, they do the little hair. It's a whole thing, and I love it. But they will get beat up in the <laughs> right circumstances. But because I know that, like, because I have that knowledge going in, like, I know I'm gonna pick, I want the Pokemon on my team, and I know they are not the strongest of their types, I'm gonna have to overpower this Pokemon. So for me, it's like, I like that Pokemon enough to deal with the fact that I'm gonna have to work harder to get this Pokemon battle ready. Um, I lucked up in my first playthrough as well, and that I caught the ugliest, the ugliest little Pokemon. I forget his name, but it turns into Grimmsnarl, that's what it's fully evolved form is and baby grimsnarl is not cute but grimsnarl got the move it's a dark type but they can do dark and fairy type moves when i say between my starter which was a fire type <laughs> and grimsnarl which had the dark and fairy built up my team basically by having them two as my leader and then just putting like really weak pokemon with them because they would get so much xp that all of my weaker pokemon would just be ranking up like just be leveling up because they didn't have to do nothing but be there. Like, they literally just have to show up. So I actually make my team based on, like, I I have a strategy, but I know what Pokemon I like, so I build my strategy around filling my team with Pokemon I really like. I usually don't have a good mixture of, of elements. I should, but I usually have the type of Pokemon who can do moves that are other elements. Like, I love fairy types because they can often do, like, a fire move or electric move or a grass move. So if you have fairy type, you good. Except that they have a lot of weaknesses. <laughs> I will usually overpower them enough, or like build them up enough that they can tolerate having their weakness exploited because I like them so much. So I so I don't have a like loyalty to my starter unless I really like my starter, which I did for the first. I named them Blaze, so I don't actually remember what the name of the Pokemon is right now score bunny and then he oh. turns into like a teenage bunny that got a little attitude and then he turns into like he was actually cute the whole way like even as a grown like big fire. Buddy, yes, he was, like, he really...
2: so, yeah he was a cute yeah he was my favorite people. like i
1: actually liked him as a pokemon so i kept him but like in the other playthroughs i was like i don't mm-hmm. so i put other pokemon first like i definitely choose aesthetic and like persia said with the ability to like ride them or whatever travel with them So when I did Brilliant Diamond and or Pearl, the way you have to teach these folks these moves is very irritating because you have to like, go to your watch and be like, I want to use this move. It was a whole thing. But I always try to keep my cutest Pokemon out. I match the Pokemon that I'm walking with with, like, the terrain. So, like, if I'm on the mountains, I'll get a ponytail because I love me a ponytail in all the games that they're available. And, like, I'll have me and my little fire horse, and we just walk around. We chilling. And then if I'm by the water, I'll use a water Pokemon. So, like, yeah. I'm, like, almost entirely aesthetics until I get to the end. But because of the way that I have to, like, train my team, which is I basically have to make them super strong because I choose people based on aesthetics. <laughs> Therefore, they are very strong by the time I get to the end. Like, for Sword and Shield, I have, I think I've played through three or four times all the way through. And I don't think I've ever not did the Elite in one go. Like, I never had problems. Because by the time I got there, all my people, like, all my minds are strong. My strategy is so chaotic that I want to play with other people. <laughs> like, battle other people. Because I always think, oh, I'm so good at Pokemon because I always get through the Elite Four or whatever. But, like, the Elite Four are computers and like players who actually build teams for fighting like for battles they actually care about stats and not just aesthetics like those people probably gonna take me out right like so that's why i'm like i want to get more into like the battling like the player versus player battling and stuff mainly to test how well my like very poor strategy of pokemon training is
2: (laughs) think that it's a poor strategy. I think it's it really depends on what you want to do with life, right? Like if you want to be a battle, if you want to be a Pokemon battler person, then that's who you want to be. And then you <laughs> bring up your stats. and you make sure if you're gonna catch those Pokemon you you get the highest stats version of that Pokemon or whatever.
0: I think I just don't have your patience, Nick. I don't want <clears throat> to have to get them to level 80 to like do what I need to do. And I certainly don't want to have to like switch them out before gym matches or like go to a town, um, get, get one out of the computer and like build that one up. And I just like don't have the patience or energy for that. So I try to have my team be one pretty versatile. And then I do love, like you said, the Pokemon that can do different types of moves. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing about the water starters is usually they can also do like ground moves. Some of them can do a little psychic thing sometimes. And so you get the few that can do like more than one thing that can do multiple different types of moves. And you try to have at least, you know, one type of elemental move for each one. I think I made it through Sorted without a fire type or an electric type, actually, because the fighting types in that game are, like, on point. Um and the dark ones. But yeah, so I just, like, once I get the team, <laughs> as soon as I have a, I feel good about the six, wherever point that in the game that happens, I'm just staying with them. Like, I'm oh not going no. back to the computer. I'm not changing anything out. Like, oh no, this is the squad, this is the crew. We're going all the way.
1: And as, like, kind of a wrap-up of that, if you could pick um or build a Pokemon, like, what would be two or three things that you just feel like you would want to see in, like, your perfect... Pokemon. Okay, it could be like aesthetically it could be power wise but like kind of what what would you what would you make or what would you pick
2: so i don't know if this will ever happen like i said with the last one i've thought about it long and hard i would make a pokemon that look like a gardevoir or a fairy type looking because i people people to be seduced and um made in this idea of like oh look at this cute little fairy pokemon but actually it's a powerhouse and it will kill you where you're standing and i hope you die and for that to happen, I need to be psychic and electric so that it messes both with your mind and your body. Thank you very much. Let me build that Pokemon people and we will love each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love I love fairy types. I like the fairy aesthetic. Based on what I said previously, I would probably take the physical aesthetic of a Galard ponytail slash Rapidash. <laughs> And they could keep their psychic type, but I think I would have them secondary type as something that can withstand metal so they can pretty much not have no weaknesses. So that's not fair, but I don't care. I'm building them. Also, like they should have wings so that they could also be the Pokemon you use to fly. You
2: they want a Pegasus. Flowers. Right. You want a Pegasus. I just want
1: to yeah. get Gamaho going to add wings. But I forgot, like, and again, like you said, they actually changed the flying mechanics so you just get picked up by like the dude in the basket and they're like, y'all get dropped off. But in the earlier games, when you could actually fly Pokemon, (laughs) uh, like ride on them, ponytail would not have been allowed. But my version of it would have wings. So it would be one of the rideable. It would be rideable on the ground and in the air. There we go. Nintendo, let's let's build. Let's build.
0: I always like the Pokemon that are surprising. Like the ones that are super small or tiny. And then they are like powerful shit. I like I said, I like water type. I also like um dark type. And so like sometimes I'll end up having instead of like my water type as my first a dark or ghost, I'll have a Pokemon like Sableye. I like I love those purples. I love the like pinks, just like the general color of them. They tend to be pretty strong. If I could get a like fairy and dark, but could also maybe do some other moves, like could get a TM for other moves and it doesn't have to be one that i can necessarily ride like Nick so i'm i'm down for that Ponyta type but yeah I, I i think that there could be more especially more like cute in those types
2: well, given that we won't really know if we'll ever be able to build our Fave Fave Pokemons, um, we can talk about what our Fave Fave hopes and dreams for Arceus are, right? So what are your big hopes and fears for Arceus? What you hope happens, what you fear could happen, and you really, really hope does not happen?
1: When I looked into the game, I didn't want to look so far into it that I felt like I knew what was happening, but I also needed to kind of know what it was. And so for me, I really, really like the idea of like exploring Pokemon out having the Pokedex. Like we won't have all the tools that we are very accustomed to when we encounter Pokemon. So I like the idea of like having to understand the types and things like that. Like in a way we're like, okay, I mean, I mean, there are obvious types. Like where it's Ice? Like I can figure out how to deal with this Ice Pokemon if I have a blah, blah, blah. But, like, I like the idea of, like, and I hope they really make it where knowing, learning these Pokemon's weaknesses and strengths and whatnot is something that actually moves the storyline. It seems like that is what it will be, so I just hope that, that I'm right in that. And, like, you know, in the current games, you just, once you have them in your Pokédex, you kind of have all the info you need. You don't actually have to learn how any of these animals or how any Pokemon work. So I like the idea that, like, you are literally learning as you go and then learning more because now you have this new knowledge and you're employing it when you are interacting with these Pokemon um so I kind of hope that I'm not overselling that for myself like I hope that that is what it appears to be or some version like I, I just hope that they really that the observations are not flat and I hope it's not something that ends up being tedious or repetitive that would be my biggest like fear that all those things that sound cool when they describe it as soon as you're actually doing it you get tired of it by the third time you do it like i would hope that they would keep keep the energy so that you want to actually
0: finish the campaign i'm interested to see if we'll have new items and um tools and stuff because i know like the pokedex thing you're building it out like it's it's new it's not sort of invented yet and so being in the past i'm curious if that will be true kind of for other things as well like what else will sort of be different in terms of items or i mean i'm I'm sure like the money and stuff will be the same but just the way that folks do things and move through the world so that is something that i'm interested in and curious about and then i also hope that we just get different like the pokemon we know but different like learn new things about them like um, Portia was kind of talking about before maybe they evolve in different ways or like they have surprise traits that we didn't know that they had once upon a time and, and all of that sort of stuff so I'm hoping to be surprised I guess is the general summary there and the things that we think that we know
2: yeah i'm pretty like i think that the a lot of the reveals about using um nets to make pokeballs and stuff is going to be interesting um, and more workshopping factors like i really enjoy like what we were saying earlier about playing games uh pokemon especially when you're able to see different factor of the story or how the world works and so that's going to be really fun playing around with, like, that and, like, using, bear, like, nuts, where usually we're used for, like, as berries, kind of. Now seeing them used for Pokeballs is going to be interesting. I'm hopeful that Pokemon, uh, well, Pokemon, the company, as well as Nintendo, has heard a lot of feedback from everyone and is using that to make the game exciting in the world kind of thing. Like, as an explorer at heart, an adventurer at heart. I really want to be able to like hop into the game and just explore for a while and like pick like have random tasks I can do and like um, quests that I need to take care of, but also be able to explore the world and get to do stuff and not go run into a non-playable character, and then just have the same spiel to me each time. Like give me something fun to do in the world. I also am fearful of the animate the animations that they've given for uh the wild like the pokemon the wild pokemon like and how they just like run and chase you but like in the wild area they chase you they were annoying it's like if you go to someone's house and they have a dog and the dog is like oh my gosh hi you're like oh my gosh um i'm trying to walk in the door give me a second um that's how like the wild area worked in galar versus how it's working in um arceus is that like they're like really like trying to kill you and you could faint and you know, all that happened and I'm like, I do not want that to happen to me too often, like whatever I got to do to keep that from happening, let me make sure that's like a thing, like, as much as it was annoying and Galar, I don't want it to be that frequent of a thing where I'm walking through the wild area and a Pokemon chasing me, like I don't want to spend half the game being running away, um, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But overall, I feel like it's just a lot of potential in the game. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that potentially works out. And I'm also excited about the fact that I've never had a Zoar arc before. Um, even after Zoar became, like, available in the Sword and Shield game, after, like, in the expansion, I didn't even realize that. So I might go back and actually try to see if we can do the Zoar arc trial. Because I knew I want to go get a Zoar arc. Um, I've always wanted a Zoar arc. Like, it's just so cool. It's basically a werewolf-looking, like, it's, it's a... It's a werewolf, but it's not because it's a Pokemon. But it's so cool, and I've always wanted one, and I don't really like the Hussein version. Like, it's just so white, and I'm like, ugh, why? The dark black one looks amazing to me. Um, But I think it's going to be fun that it's actually part of the gameplay that you can actually catch one, um, rather than being like a side character, kind of like you can capture it later on in the game kind of thing. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited, hoping that we're going to see some cool... Pokemon overall. And I'm hopeful that we also have Pokemon that I enjoy a lot available. Like I'm really sad that I didn't get to have Ampharos, who's one of my favorite Pokemon of all time, in the last game I played. So I'm hoping that like I can have access to those Pokemon in this game, because I really enjoy um, having the Pokemon that I really like available to me um, and building up my team from that. So hopefully overall, the whole like thing is just great. And the fears, Um, of it being like whatever a bad game is which basically I I think from all of our ways that we've spoken about it basically just be like if it's a bad game it means it's a boring game so hopefully we're just not bored (laughs) by the different components and tasks and quests that are completed in the game because I think that like again given the potential of it this could be a really legendary like change for the Pokemon series overall. I'm curious about the characters
0: we'll meet and if There will be different towns and vibes and that we get a lot of different types of people and personalities because that's part of what I've enjoyed with some of the newer games.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I hope that we get to see kind of the catalyst for like a lot of the decisions in Pokemon and if they'll like have Easter eggs for later games. I know they have connections to later games, like certain characters, distant relatives and whatnot. But other than that, I'm not sure. So I'm also excited for that.
0: Well, in the next episode, we'll be sharing our first impressions of Pokemon Legends Arceus. You can find us at blackgirlscreate.org or on Twitter at BlkgirlsCreate. Join our community at bgccommunity.org to battle and raid together and tweet and follow along using the hashtag stories the number four sinno.
2: Enjoy what you heard? Drop us some Pokecoins over at BlackgirlsCreate support. All tips will help us keep our knapsack stocked with berries and our Pokemon battle ready.